Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? It's good. I think yesterday may have been the peak of my poison oak, so I'm still itchy. Oh, but <laughs> did we talk? When did that happen? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, last last, last week. I'm trying to think where's that. Yeah, it was a week ago last Sunday. Okay. So I've I've been living with it. Well, you know what? Maybe when we recorded, I had just gotten it and it was just starting to show up. But... I see. I oh see. my god, it's terrible. <laughs> it's it's a sneaky thing too. Like I, I have it out. It's the second time I've ever gotten it before. And it's in the exact same place because I'm a stupid mm. idiot. I, I went out in my lawn. I don't want to get into this too much, but I went out in my lawn a couple of years ago and, you know, pulled, yanked out a bunch of stuff and um, some, I got poison ivy. Long story short, I didn't know what, that's what it was. And I figured it out I'm like, oh, it's terrible, but I got it. And I went back out there and it had, it had since grown back and overgrown, but I didn't see the ivy, right? I even looked. I was like, I don't see any of that mm. stuff around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but there was the the brush I was pulling out was kind of long strand ground crawly stuff anyway. Right. So it was evidently mixed in there, the roots and stuff. So when I pulled the roots and started pulling stuff out, I think that's that, that, that poison, whatever that is just coated everything. And I had gloves on and pants, hmm. but not long sleeve shirt. It, it was a mistake. So got on my arms and the thing that's sneaky about it. Is that oil? If it gets on anything, it rubs off on everything. Right. So it'll get on other parts of your body. Like it's got on top of my arms and then parts of my leg and then even my belly button. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it doesn't show up all at the same time. Like right. I started getting my arm. I'm like, oh, I got it on my arm. Darn it. Good thing it's just contained in my wrist. <laughs> and then no, it's it's like everywhere. I'm like, oh, God, it just took Yeah, my, my brother Andrew got either that or or poison ivy this this summer and it lasted for a while it kept spreading around and like he thinks he'd like touched the steering wheel on his car because it kept coming back i mm-hmm. i got poison oak once when i was a kid but i've never gotten any kind of reaction to poison ivy i've had some at my house that i've had to deal with um and i always wear gloves and once i even had a short sleeve shirt and i've never like my dad gets it really bad Several of my family members are really susceptible to it, and I, you know, knock on wood, have never, have never gotten it. Oh, but, it sucks. Uh, you, you ever, you ever, you know, those dog. I have a dog that's really excited and happy to see you, and when you pet him, it's like he's just in heaven. And then as soon as you take your your hand away, he just jumps right at you again, like, oh my god, you have to pet me, you have to pet me right now, you have to be right at me. That's how this itch feels. It feels like when right. you're scratching it. It's like the best relief ever, and it feels so heavenly. And then as soon as the second you stop, it's like, ah, stop. Keep, now, keep I, I, I know I just said the thing about never getting poison ivy. I did have a nest of some kind of bees or wasps at my mm-hmm. at my house that I didn't realize where they were, and I went right over the, like, landscape timber that they were in with my uh, line trimmer. Yeah. And... Oh, that's terrible. Suddenly, like, I'm, I had big hearing protection headphones on listening to a to an audiobook and you know suddenly i see this like these you know a bee on me and so i sort of i set the line trimmer down and i i you know step away and i realize there are multiples of them on me and so like i start and i just dashed back for the house after i got inside (laughs) i killed three that were on me that i brought into the house like that's how many there were oh my god and I got stung twice. Uh, once was like on the inside of my leg, and it Jeez. had that thing you're describing with the 
with the itch because it like spread all oh, through yeah. you know my my leg and when i would when i would scratch it like it felt it felt good and then as soon as i stopped like the itching was really bad it was uh, really intense right yeah. <laughs> like, and that lasted wow. like two and a half three days but i'm like Ugh. it made it really hard to do the rest of the outside stuff that i had to do to get the house wrapped up um, oh, because yeah. there, you know there were other bees and stuff flying around and it I just you know made me really anxious i bet i this has lasted now 10 days and like i said i think i think it's gonna get better because i it's looks less red um than it did yesterday so that's the first time it's actually gonna but it still it doesn't look great um, yeah so yeah it's 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 my life it's in my mind all the time right now <laughs> i do i do have some steroid cream that the doctor gave me i've used a little mm. bit and then uh, believe it or not over the counter like uh if you have itchy stuff people use uh just um calamine lotion it, yeah it really we had works. we had something like that i used a little bit of but for the most part it wasn't too bad for me of course it's different it's more initially painful and then mm. uh, and then itchy as it Last time I last time I mowed on my riding mower, I I had that similar. I laughed when you said about darting to the house. I had a kind of similar situation as I'm going on my mower, went by the shed, and evidently family of wasps must have made their house right there because two of them decided they were going to come find me and see what I was doing as soon as I got near that thing, and I just I jumped off that mower and let it keep going while I darted towards the house. <laughs> now, now my, my house is, my, my mower is when you sit up, stand up off the seat, it turns yeah, off. Yeah, they, they auto shut off. Right, <laughs> right but I was like, I did not sure. even try to take enough gear, turn it off. I was just like, run! Yeah, those all, <laughs> they have safety uh, switches in them. Wasps can multi-sting you, and I don't want any part of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. bees, at least you got this little thing that, like, if they sting you, they're dead. You got some sort of revenge on them. <laughs> Not wasps. They're like, hey, buddy, I can just keep going at it. So, right, anyway, right. Uh, summer is, is, is waning here in, in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, as, or even just in Indiana. We are down to, like, highs of 67 or something, which is yeah. beautiful still. It's gorgeous 16, outside, and I'm loving 50, it. 60 degree days, right? We did, we did the whole city, and I did a whole... Uh, Walk around the entire like IU campus and downtown yesterday, mm. and it's been so nice to be able to do that. Where it's not too hot, not too cold. Yeah, so it's that's been that's been wonderful having the you know windows open, things like playing video games. I I finally finished Uncharted Four. It's only mm. been like what two years, right? Um, right. But I, I how I did had you? The, the, the windows open. It was so nice, and I was like, I'm right. just gonna sit and play video games. How did uh, how did you like the ending? Uh, spoilers bing bing that bell uh yeah i liked it um i i was i'm was happy because they call it a thieves end and mm -hmm. i was just waiting at any moment that they're going to kill off any of these characters right right and i was like oh man they're they're going to kill the wife off because it's real you get the real sense of like you know the relationship with with nathan and um what's his wife's name so, zoe ellie or ellie or chloe Chloe or Zoe or <laughs> no, that was the other girl. In the third one, there were two girls: the like old girlfriend and the new girlfriend. Oh uh, yeah, I like I like the old girlfriend, but uh, Elena is this one. Okay, um, Chloe was the Chloe was the the girl girlfriend. The other one, she was played she, by Claudia Black, and she was great in that that one. She's English or or yeah, New, yeah. New Zealand or something. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, like their relationship is kind of strained, and you get the mm -hmm. like, you know 
Danny Glover, you know, too old for this kind of thing from from yeah. Drake from Vic himself. Sullivan. And, yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, Drake, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sully has always seemed that way, but um Right. Drake for sure you're like he's starting to look like actual Nathan Fillion, you know, like <laughs> yeah, in, in getting into his 40s kind of, you know, uh, you know, too old for this these thrilling heroics. But yeah. uh yeah, Which, I enjoyed you know, every, it. And, every time he pulls himself up the sides of an entire mountain cliff, I'm like, how is that possible? That's there's no way a <laughs> guy could do one just one hand. Right. Right. But it's still thrilling. Uh yeah, no, I I, en- I enjoyed it a whole lot. Like I said, I thought people I thought people were gonna die, and I'm glad that they did not. So if you had not got out by the spoilers time too late, sucker. Uh <laughs> they did not die, and it was a happy ending that they had a kid. It right. was a weird kind of epilogue scene thing when you're playing her walking yeah. through. I their couldn't houses. tell what that was. I was like, "Is this a flashback? Am I playing young uh, Elena? What's what's going on here?" And yeah, yeah. And and actually, as I was walking through that house, I spent a good like half hour at least in that house. Those two houses because I was like, "Just I exploring." Want this house. Like, I love how beautiful this house is. They're right on the beach. Yeah, right on the beach, and it's all like. Just natural kind of wood, worn. It feels like a pirate kind of house, but modern. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is great. It has such little kitschy things everywhere, but not too much. I was doing the home decorator appreciation to the whole nice. thing. Nice. And then and then when he goes to the she finds this cabinet of treasures, I'm like, man, he's got way I have like a cabinet full of transformers. This dude has a cabinet full of awesomeness for his life. Right. <laughs> and he just puts it out. He needs a curio cabinet for that stuff. But, uh, oh, it be- yeah, it, it belongs was, it was in good. a museum. It it does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. I'm, I it was good to see that and um, what four of them. Pretty cool that you got to do all the things you wanted to do with these characters. And Naughty Dog can always make new series, which I think they you know they should. They give. I'm all for sequels because you can enjoy characters and kind of go on in their lives and see things, but then give them a rest and it, kind of an ending or a, a story arc and then start a whole new story, new characters, new things. And yeah, they did that. Not, um, they did that spinoff one with the female characters. I have that, but I haven't played it. Um, I, played I did fire up my PlayStation last weekend. Maybe I've said this already, but um, I started playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. You, how was that? What's your report on that since you played it? You just kind of just started last week. Yeah, it's, it. um, you know, it's still I I didn't stick with Origins, which was the first one in this new generation. Like they did all the the Italy Ezio ones, and then they did the America one and the pirate one. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think I have those backwards. And then they did a PvP one. I definitely did not play that, but um, I tried Origins, and I was like, oh, this is so. It's so it has so many RPG elements now. And Odyssey is like that too, except I think maybe the the like Greek setting appeals to me a little bit more. It's it's Spartans versus Athenians. So Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's cool. You got a little, you know, three hundred stuff going there. Um it looks very cool. You have uh you have a choice between a male and female protagonist cool uh which is cool cool. um it still definitely has the rpg elements like the the enemies all have levels and the level 
of the enemies seems to go up with your level. So I'm like, I don't know what the point is of them having levels if they're that always bugs me. <laughs> if the new camp is going to be the same, it's always going to be the same level as me. Um, yeah. And all the items have levels. So instead of just unlocking the new sets like the older games, you're like, oh, is this new? Are these pants better than the pants I had before? Kind of kind of thing, which is oh, we were talking about this off air, the um, the Elder Scrolls and, and Fallout kind of games it, a little Wait, bit you... of that but without nearly as much you know there are like like four or five crafting materials and you don't craft stuff they're just used for um either putting in enchantments or they're called uh engravings um putting enchantments or upgrading your gear so if you have a weapon or or breastplate or something that's that's epic you can upgrade it to bring its level up um, okay and that's cool so you're not like replacing your epics with blues or with greens kind of thing that's a little wow terminology for you but um yeah so there's there's that um stuff that's you know it's it's just okay that that aspect of it but um like all of these games you do the the like climb to the top of something and get the view all around um and that's really cool. The word, the world is all uh, really beautifully rendered, um, and but and and most of the gameplay is the same as it's been. Like there are no guns and stuff now, but you have a bow and you do stuff uh, with the ship, right? Where you steer it around and you fire arrows instead of cannons. Um, it's no, pretty no. fun. I don't know if I'll get through it because all of those RPG elements, you know, add up to making it a big long like i feel like a lot of AAA console games um try to do this try to be your like one game a year which is kind of ridiculous when there are new games coming out all the time um right. you know maybe it made sense in the 90s and and early 2000s but it's just a I little mean, little too it, much these days it's different because we're also like adults with jobs and stuff i i will say that as a a teenager or even a 20 something spent dropping 60 bucks on a game. I did not do that often. And I wanted a game that would last me for a long yeah, time. Yeah. That's, that's true too. It's just for me, it's a little bit like I'm not, I definitely spend a lot of my free time playing games and stuff, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all spread across all these other things. I remember saying that when, um, when I was really heavy into wow, when I was raiding and stuff and, you know, some of my brother-in-law or somebody would ask me, you know what what was and i said it's it's just i do this one thing and i don't do other things like i don't play other video games and i don't you know do this and this like i just have this one thing and now i do have these things you know we do this podcast once a week we uh do board game night online once a week we do movie night once a week well that's three out of the out of the seven days (laughs) right there's Uh, only so many days in a week right you know, and then and then I work, and then you know we, I'm almost I'm almost always playing some MMO. I often go back to Factorio. I'm you know we're doing our second podcast that I sometimes will be running or having to you know write up notes like build out story for or after it's done edit it turn mm-hmm. it into a podcast. Like I have all these other hobbies that I'm doing. I can't you know I can't spend hundreds and hundreds of hours in a in a single player rpg 
um, before the next new one comes out that I want to play. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, we're adults now, right? Is the thing, right, right. The, the, as they say, um, it's funny. I actually, I was looking there as you were saying that. I I I own Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I have not played it. <laughs> um, the reason I own it was one of those. I bought my headset and it came with the headset. Ah. So so I have it, and it's like as you're talking, I'm like maybe, maybe I should load that load that up, and we can play that because I do I do like the Assassin's Creed games. Um, they were um, very much uh, the check the box type thing. For me. Now, mm-hmm. You were describing RPG elements. I didn't remember. Now, last one I played was the pirate one. Okay. Um, so the Black Flag. Black flag. Uh, so I, they I, were starting to get. Our, I don't think they had item levels yet, but there still they was didn't a lot have, of. I don't think they had items that, like did they have, upgrades. I don't they had items. Oh, they did upgrades have some to the items. ship and and all of that kind of stuff. So I think they were just starting to do those yeah. things. I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, GameFly did a used sale, and that's where I got Odyssey. But um, I also have stuff like Far Cry Five. I think. It's called, um, I have the, the Jedi Fallen Order game. I have Spider-Man that I still haven't finished. Um, that one's so fun, yeah. So I have like, I have a handful of games that I started and never finished, like the third Tomb Raider, um, Dad of War, Spider-Man, um, and I feel like there's at least one more of those. And then I have a handful of new ones that I haven't even started. And I and I look at those. I'm like, do I want to try Borderlands three? Do I want to try this Jedi <laughs> game? But I'm afraid that if I switch to something else after just starting Assassin's Creed, I'm never going to yeah. go back to it. Yeah, I'm never going to go back to it. Uh, I, I will say that there there are some, and we should have we should have a segment on the show one time about this. But there, there are some games that you play that when you get to the culmination of the story mode, that the the ending and the and or the the last fight, I'll say, is sufficiently epic to make you feel like it was worth the journey. Sure. Like that you feel that like it didn't just end and the story came to the thing and you played all the levels. It, it had this like this a big moment. And I remember it. Two of those games I remember you just mentioned the spider the recent Spider-Man game. I that will be in my memory as the last fight on that thing. It was just hmm. it just felt so like a big, huge thing and centerpiece. And then it ended with the story, the way it all came together. I was like, that was a emotionally satisfying um, experience that I had with that fight and with ending. And then um, the other one would be uh, the Batman Arkham Knight game. I want to say Arkham City had the same kind of thing. When it, it ended, there was a lot of cool stuff. But when you get to the end, it's like, wow, that was such a big, huge fight that I actually won. You know, some of these things can be like, mm-hmm. you know, cut scenes where you just dial in buttons or whatever, do the same combo over and over. But these games were very much like I was participating in this unique kind of combat and I had to win it right against this big villain or whatever. And then the stories had a a good ending after that. So there's a couple of those. You you mentioned games to play. So since I finished uncharted, I have to choose my next thing for the exact same reason you just said, I have to choose the game that I'm going to I'm going to buckle down and stop doing this whole multi game at one time thing. So here here we go mm-hmm. Dennis. I've got to play either Red Dead Redemption 2, the new Star I also have that game. The new Star Wars game, which I have. All these I've started but not much. Dad of War, God of War, uh and The Witcher 3. And any of these I'm just going to start over with. I'm not even going to That's to do That's on The Witcher 3 is on my list too. I have that on PC. 
or on Steam. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking it has to be either Witcher or God of War because those Witcher has a TV series coming out with stuff and then right. which will enhance all that. And then God of War has a sequel with PlayStation 5 coming out. I think if you're that's probably a good choice because I think of that list Witcher 3 is the oldest. Yeah, and it's the and oldest. Yeah. I think it's we're getting to a point where like a 5-year-old video game is not as bad as if it was 2005 yeah. and you were playing a a 2000 video game. Yeah. But I think the more time goes on, the the less appealing that will be until they you know, if they ever do like a remastered or something. Well, um, that, yeah, right, right. Like a, which is kind of a long shot. So if you're going to pick between that list, going with the oldest one is not a bad strategy. Yeah, I, and I think that's what it is. I, I feel like, I again, I rewatched The Witcher Netflix mm. season one not too long ago, finished it again, and, and I enjoy it. And, and I actually, because of it, I know I understand a little bit more of the whole politics in the world and the the countries and stuff. And since I didn't play any of the other Witcher games going into Witcher three, I didn't know any of that. Right. Uh, so now I know the relationship of what Sir, who Siri is, who, who, you know, um, yeah, Jennifer I got is. just a, I got just a couple hours into that game and it definitely was more appealing after having, uh, after having watched that show. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's, that'll help me back. I, I know I had a problem with that one. That game is that I the, I bought the, um, what's it called? Complete collection or whatever they call it. The the uh, and that's that's like kind a game of, of the year edition. Game of the year edition. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's what you have to buy now. They don't have like the original ones. But um, right. The the problem with those things are is that if you're a new player, you get in and you're almost overwhelmed with all these new kind of systems. Mm, and and the original sure. game is a full amazing you know, fleshed out game that's incredible triple A title and has everything. And then now you've thrown expansions and new systems and the Witcher. No. I, I kept getting lost in not knowing what is something that's important or what is just an extra. Mm-hmm. Right. Did, did they add Gwent in? Is it important? Do I have to do this? Or <laughs> I mean, it is, but that one is. But other things, you know, I've, I've heard that it mostly isn't. There are like a couple quests that you need to play Gwent for. But if you don't like it, it's just a it's just a side. Well, there's there's activity. also things like there's monster hunts and, you know, mm-hmm. going through different monster caves and stuff I'm like, OK, is that something that I need to progress? Is there or is that just like an expansion thing they added? Right. Like. Sure. Stuff like that that I, I, I need to want to it just it causes me distraction from actually playing the game. Um but but I yeah, I think that's the one I'm gonna pick. I think that's a, that's a good idea. And I know it's long and it's an epic type thing, but I mean that's all of the games you listed are are in the same that same sort of genre, like big sweeping open world single player RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. Um I know we we just talked about this a little bit last week, but did you uh, did you pre pre order a, a PS five? I did not. Uh, I mean, all the you seemed you seemed a little like you were wait kind of wait and see on on the price, and I know it's it's five hundred. Five hundred didn't bother me. That didn't bother me too much. It's not. It's it's more, but it's not outrageous, you know, yeah. considering what it is for sure, and and considering. If I if I would have spent that money what ten years ago on the last PlayStation, money well spent, right? Like I'm going to sure. have this five hundred dollar piece of equipment in my house for 
unless it breaks five years at least. Right. Sure. That's pretty great value for, and, and considering it's a major entertainment piece in my house, like buying a new, it's, it's a, at minimum, it's a 4k Blu-ray player. Right. Right. And all of the other things that it does. So yeah, it's, it's just like buying upgrading a new entertainment. So $500 to me does not feel like it's a lot of money. New, new computer or a new car. I, I honestly went back and forth. Part of it is the difficulty, like mm. out of our, out of our friends, out of our, I don't know, 10, 12 friends active on our discord every day. I think I saw like five or six people who were, who were trying to get pre-orders yeah. and I'm like, okay, well, the, the five seemed high to me because I paid two for the PlayStation Oh yeah, you played it. Um, yeah. But you was also because I got it late. Yeah, yeah, I got it late when it was on sale. And also, I think if I looked at the hours played on it, I think Andrew has used it more than I have. Sure. Um, but again, that's all the things that I mentioned before. Like I spend a lot of time gaming on my PC, mm-hmm. so I don't, uh, you know, so I don't have that. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure with the, you know soon to be soon to be free of the house project i don't know what i'm going to do next i'm thinking about you know being a little more uh a little more mobile a little less tied down so i'm like do i need a big tv gaming system am i going to need to do that or can i get you know those experiences with a laptop and the switch yeah. or something if i'm you know want to be a little more uh, a little more mobile again. Yeah, the, but I, uh, I, I didn't. Yeah, so so did you? I didn't go for it because um, of just the all the stuff with it. It's it, it was it's that whole idea of like you have to sit in the corner and hit refresh at the right time to get the right you know. Hopefully, you get it on your screen and then you know. So and everything so now wait. is mostly you have to buy it bundled. So it wasn't just five hundred dollars, like eight hundred dollar, nine hundred dollar oh, thing. And I'm like, true. I don't want that. I I don't want that. I don't need that right now, you know? Um, sure. So there's, yes, I would like to have it. If it, We talked last week I've, about sitting I've never, in line. I've never wished that I had a second controller for mine. Uh, now, of course, me, I'm me. Do. Like, if, if you're going to play a game with Sid, you need a second yeah, we, we controller. Have, so we have three, for sure. One, one is, in case it's charged, you know, one is dead, and then we have another one charging. Oh, that's... That's not a bad idea. Yeah, we, we have... we the, have The price point... I know those controllers do a lot, but the price point always puts me it's off. It's so expensive. Like, They're so expensive. They're, they're like, like, how often point. am I going to play... Like, my brother and I both play the same console. We have never played a game together. I don't know. Yeah, we, Sid and I he always pl- play games. He together. plays single-player games when I play single-player games separately. Yeah. Like, but that's that's how we are. You know, I don't... You know, yeah. that's that's just that's just for me and my, and my purposes. When I was growing up... Um, we got the the NES, right? The original mm-hmm. Nintendo, and it was that bundle that came with Mario Duck Hunt and yeah, yeah. Um, the light gun, yeah, and two controllers. Mm-hmm. And so, as I as I grew up, and like the N sixty four and the Xbox and consoles came out, I was like, why Why are all the consoles sold with one controller? One controller. Why Why would you ever? I mean, I. I don't I don't know if I've said this explicitly on the show, but I am the oldest of eight children. Yeah. Um my oldest two sisters under me were were about two years apart. So there was like we wouldn't have an individual game console. Like we didn't I mean I had a game gear, 
that that was like it's that's a portable it's completely different like yeah. the one that goes with the tv you have to have two controllers <laughs> yeah like absolutely. what would you what would you do with just one controller that's madness yeah one person dominates um, the whole tv by and, themselves yeah and so and so now as an adult uh you know you get it's, it <laughs> it's completely different i'm like do i do i need the only time i've ever thought about buying a second one is when i andrew had taken my playstation with him when he moved out for a while and i wanted to have a playstation controller to pair to my pc i ended up just getting a you know a wind a microsoft controller because those are like 20 bucks instead of 60 um which i get is touchpad and bluetooth and sound and all that stuff i just don't need any of those things so uh it didn't matter but i was gonna say i'm surprised that the guy who camped out to see Star Wars, <laughs> whose wife gave him permission to go camp out to get the the PS2 or yep, three or whichever yep. one that was, doesn't doesn't have the the time and patience to like refresh a website a few times. Yeah, I mean it's. It, <laughs> I agree. I, I feel you. I I, I uh, it would be nice to have. I, I the the real big thing is that to be honest, there's nothing right away that's like, oh my god, I want to do that. Right. I, I, I am very happy. We just had this great conversation before this topic was that there's so many great games right here that I just right. I listed out four and with Odyssey as a fifth that are epic, amazing, beautiful graphics that I just absolutely gorgeous love and are awesome. And they are. And, I, and I yes, okay you'll be that. able to play those on a five, but you can also play them on. the. Four. I can also play them on the four. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not in any need, right? There's nothing out there that, yeah, that I yeah. saw come out that was like, whoa, that's that's only available here. And there's, there's no way the capability of me getting that on my PlayStation 4, right? Um, so, right. yeah, it's um, that's, the, that's the big thing is like, okay, if I get it, the big thing that's going to be up for me now, spending that $500 and doing all the stuff, is that it's, it's, an, it's an entertainment, entertainment upgrade, you know, center upgrade. Mm-hmm. So cool i get all of whatever you know that might help me with or um, who knows maybe it integrates with alexa i don't know things right um but that's all it would really do for me it wouldn't necessarily be a great i'm i don't want to run out and buy a bunch of new games that, that i have to do. right right uh, and, and yeah, anyway there's already, not a ton of launch you already games. got this yeah you've already got this backlog of, uh, yeah so and i i will get it i will definitely get it i just don't need to you know, be sitting here at midnight trying to go over and then, and then dumping $900 just so I can get the console and a, a game that I don't want. And, a game you don't and, want. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. I don't want that. So, and accessories and everything like that. No, no, I don't. Just, just sell me the console and whatever. I will say that I'm, you mentioned about the two controller thing. I was actually a little dismayed when I think it was Sony was one of the first ones that started shipping uh, consoles without games. I still think that you should mm. ship a console with a game at minimum, like a full game. Nintendo has done it forever up until the Switch. Like this, I think the Switch was their first one that they didn't pack in a game. Hmm. Um, which is I don't sad. know the the last one I bought before that was the Wii, and it came with like Wii Sports, which was the killer app for the whole console. That's true. Forever, you had, you had the Wii Tennis and Wii Bowling and stuff. That's what everybody. Yeah, Wii Wii Sports was, was the about, number so. one game for all of. Um, this the the Wii's life, you know. So they packed in a, a system seller, right? 
Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I, it's too bad that they don't do that with this, that you get a, you get a console that you should launch with a, a game that's like, oh, you get this and you, you, you're you immediately experiencing the best thing you could, could, could you know, imagine. Good on Nintendo for that, although they just evidently didn't do that with this one. It's probably because they know that they can sell their actual Mario game for gangbusters money now instead of giving it away. I don't think well it wasn't it wasn't out. Um, Mario Odyssey wasn't out when when, Switch when the out. Switch first launched, I don't oh. think. Oh. So everybody was talking about um Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Oh, I see. For a little while. Yeah. And it would I mean, that I mean console's- like that console's three hundred dollars, by the way. Like it's, I know it's two hundred, yeah. but it's still three hundred dollars for that Switch console without a game or anything. Two hundred dollars less, or sorry, one hundred dollars less than a new PlayStation Five. Because we're, although we're saying five hundred dollars, that's for the disc version. It's four hundred dollars for the digital. Well, digital yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how true this is. Like, I'm not. I'm not a physical media guy, but I would not buy a digital only PlayStation. Like I have, I own like 10 games, uh, on, on discs. So, yeah. Um, well, the, I mean, they're, they're, are they launching with like, but it's as, like a as I've established, right? like the, the PlayStation is a low priority for me. So, yeah. uh, you know, maybe I'm in the, and, and the, the digital mm-hmm. console, the way I understand it, they're make they've made the, the hard drive upgrade. Very simple. I know PlayStation three, the, or sorry, the four, the hard drive upgrade was super simple. One screw. Mm. Slide in, slide out of a laptop hard drive. Um, yeah. So you to know, me, yeah. the like it lives in this in it lives in this different space because I've seen our friends in Bloomington trading games. And yeah, that's yeah. a thing I used to do. Like when I had the original Xbox, which I bought just as a media machine. Like I wasn't even really gonna play it. I thought that I would do emulators and stuff, which is part of why I don't get too hyped about uh like backwards excessive backwards compatibility cuz mm. I'm like I've tried to go back and play old games and they don't hold up like the controls are are crappy and of course that's that's emulators so it's a different it's a little bit of a different beast but I had friends who had games right and they like they were done with them a, a single player story rpg but you're not going to play it twice yeah right um yeah. that's why I did gamefly for so long yeah um and it's the same deal. Like if somebody else has has Spider Man and they're got done with it, I don't even I don't need to buy my own copy. I can borrow theirs. For they sure, can borrow my old games. Yeah. Um, my brother actually loaned my loaned my copy of Spider Man to one of his friends. He's I think like, it's funny. I think two years ago when we talked about this topic, you were definitely on board with the digital only, not not. I think. Yeah. I think the potential of a combination of the potential of this this trading and swapping thing. And the the digital only experience on the Switch, I know. I don't know how it is for the PlayStation because I haven't played as many downloaded games on there. But um, on the Switch, you have to connect to the internet to verify yeah. your digital games, Sorry. which makes sense, right? It's it's DRM. But uh, my my internet is bad here. And so that thought of like, what am I going to, am I going to buy a AAA game that's like 40 gigs and wait for it to download? Like that sounds terrible. Right. Yeah, um, for sure. I already have to download patch data it's on, bad a, on a PlayStation game if it's, uh, if it's on a disc. So, um, yeah, that's how I, it, I should say 
since you're comparing the cheaper PlayStation to the Switch, there is a cheaper Switch. That's oh, is there? That's $100 less, too. It's the, the light. Oh, yeah. It's It doesn't switch, which is kind of a weird... Wait, so that, that, uh, that's actually like almost a different console, it feels like to me, though. Like The point of the kind Switch of, is but the Switch. If you, if you never use... Like, I've essentially never used my Switch on a TV. Oh, again, I'm in kind of a unique situation, so there's that. But, you know, it's it's lighter. It doesn't have to... Um, it doesn't have to charge as much because there's no, uh, you know, the controllers don't detach. It's really if you just want the handheld part of it, and that's why it's cheaper. Um, speaking on that thing, did you hear that uh, uh, Nintendo, um, was that last year? No, no, no. Um, maybe it's just recently. Is that Nintendo uh, stopped supporting the 3DS, their handheld stuff? I did hear about that. That was like within the last week or two. Is that what it was? Okay. Uh, and that's big because, you know, that kind of basically says that the Switch and the Switch Lite is their handheld thing, which that's where Nintendo's yeah, bread and butter has been. The, I would imagine the Switch Lite kind of filled the space. I know when the Switch first came out, they were still they were still making and shipping 3DS and a couple other flavors of the 3DS. I know for me, the, the 3D was never interesting. So when I... I had this weird thing, especially after the whole pokemon go thing but i was like i should play one of these pokemon games they're all the big deal mm-hmm. everybody plays i should i should try it i did end up playing one of them uh on my phone in an emulator but um i was like what's the main thing should i get like should i go on ebay and find a game boy advance or a thing and like they were all on 3ds and i said i don't really care about the 3d parts of it but then like they did a a version of that console without the 3D, but then it also didn't fold. And I'm like, I don't need this giant thing. I don't want this giant thing. I like, I want something that'll fit in my pocket. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that whole thing. But what I had heard was that they were going to try and support both uh, systems side by side. Yeah. And yeah. that the the switch would be the more like. TV games that you could also play portable, yeah. And the 3DS was going to be portable games, yeah, um, or handheld games. I don't know how you want to say that, right. but clearly, after enough time of you know, you know, games that could be could be just handheld games, right? Stuff like Stardew Valley, um, um, the new one, Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of stuff like that. The Switch did so well that they made this handheld only version of the Switch, and then and then uh, you know, um, end of life. Look, don't the, look back the other one, the 3DS. Well, it's something you know, my perspective on that that digital versus physical thing has one key component to it, and and it's none of those things that you mentioned because I actually do live in a spot that has mm. like really great fast internet and. Can, right, can right. download those things and i could you know i i lost my hard drive playstation hard drive just recently and re-downloaded everything in you know just a couple of days so i'm yeah, really fortunate that. for that but the thing that really gets me for that those things aside that really makes me not want to have it is that um it's not like steam ladies and gentlemen steam is i can <laughs> i i buy something on the steam library they've got it forever right like right. I, I can go back and, and play team fortress 2 for sure Right. It's there yeah. in my library. I get it. But um, I have gotten a, a Transformers game that I bought digitally on the PlayStation 
and then I deleted it because I didn't, you know, didn't have space or whatever, freed up space. Mm -hmm. um, but then I went back a couple years later and said, oh, I want to play that Transformers game. But you know what? Their distribution deal is up with Sony or just not dis distributing it anymore. So it's not on the PlayStation Store and you can't get it. You can't play it anymore. Now, if you still had it on downloaded already, you can still play it forever. But once you remove it, it's gone forever. And that's mm. a load of crap. And yeah, that's not, that's and that not happens all the time. It's, it's very much the same exact reason why I still buy physical copies of movies. You know, Netflix has a thing. I like watching it. And then I come back and, Oh, it's not there anymore. The office is no right. longer on Netflix. Well, why should I buy, you know, the office? Well, because I want to watch it when I want to watch it. Not when, you know, <laughs> go, go find it whenever Netflix has yeah. deals. Yeah. Um, so, and then who knows what the future on this, you know, you're relying on a different company type thing. The company goes under Netflix is no longer around or whatever. And I, and now I can no longer watch Avengers Endgame, Right. Uh, so yeah. that's why I still buy physical copies because I actually own those things and I have them physically as they say in my hand and I can play them independent of any kind of internet connection or authorization or DRM type stuff. I just have it. Um, and, and I know that's, a lot of people with the tinfoil hats 10 years ago were decrying this thing, but I still am. I still say, you know, that's this whole thing of DRM and structures so that they can sell it to you multiple times or they can take that away if they feel, you know, that they want to. And I right. think that's wrong. I think that's a wrong yeah. thing. That's why I make, you know, I make digital archives of, of stuff. I, I did that with music for a while and now I just pay for Spotify they're they're pretty good i don't know i don't i don't think i've ever seen stuff go off of there but it's not the kind of thing though i do also buy records vinyl records so i, I i'm a little bit you know precious kind of pick and choose uh with things for games it really it really comes down to the potential of loaning stuff you know sure. if if one of my um you know, my sister has a switch. Actually, two of my sisters, but the one, the other one doesn't doesn't live here. Um, my youngest sister has a switch. My niece's nephew have a switch. And so, if somebody wants to borrow Breath of the Wild or um, what's the other one I have, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, yeah, um, that's part of why I bought. When I'm buying something on the Switch, I just decide one way or the other. I'm like, is this a game? that I'm going to loan out or I'm ever going to, you know, mind not having. Um, and so Breath of the Wild, Marvel, Ultimate Alliance are both on cartridges and I bought Diablo digitally. It was also on sale, I think. But yeah. I'm like, nobody is going to need to borrow that and it's the kind of thing I kind of always want to have. Yeah, I mean, some of those are, are worth buying and having forever and you want to go back and play them and keep them, right? Um, speaking of video games, sort of peripherally, peripherally related, um, I bought today, uh, Gloomhaven. Oh, digital. Gloomhaven, right? Yeah, digital. Uh, Asmodee Digital, um, it's on Steam. They had a sale, which I think might be over already. I don't know. It wasn't a super deal. It was like 30% off, you know, so it's like 16 bucks instead of 20 something um and i haven't really tried it yet 
I did play through the tutorial that you have to do before you can uh, before you can do multiplayer. I think some of the guys are going to try multiplayer, so I'm like, oh, get in on that, try it anyway. Um, How are you feeling? But about it was it so interesting far? to get back into that. the The game is really pretty, um, you know, as far as graphics and all of that. Um, it's kind of strange in in that regard because it looks like a video game but it still plays like a board game right um you know it's all 3d and there's animations on your pieces and stuff and so it plays like um you know the old isometric rpg excuse me rpgs like um i mean the only one of those i have any time with is uh divinity original sin 2 but um, but it's even you know, like more fall, constrained Fallout than 1 and 2 or um, the Baldur's Gate, that kind of stuff. But instead of having all of those kind of complex video game systems, you're still doing this thing with the cards where you pick two cards and one of them's your initiative and uh, you draw off the modifier deck. It's kind of strange. It is. I mean... The uh, is there any differences between the digital and the actual board game, or are they do they play exactly the same? Or, um, I mean, that you've noticed. I don't think so. I mean, you play through this tutorial, and it's basically introducing you to all of the characters, all of the you know initial five or six characters, yeah, um, classes, whatever you call those, right? Um, I mean, they're. They're clearly defined characters, so I just think of them as characters. But um, And that's kind of interesting. You do this thing where you have to go rescue them, and so you play just one room where they're in a they're in a tight spot, and you just have to do two rounds or something, and you've only got four cards. So it's sort of a it's 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 a a smoother entry point than the physical game. The physical game, you're like, you're dropped right into it. Like, you got to read all these cards. You're playing the full game right from the start. But because it's a video game, they can do stuff like this. Where you're like, oh, here's this this girl. She's um, she's really good with daggers and and you know looting gold. It's the scoundrel. Yeah. And she's here and she's surrounded. So your goal is to kill all three of these guys and then loot that treasure. Yeah, and so you're like, well, what have I got? I've got a fan blade ability and a move and a loot ability. So you're like, well, I'll play this one and this one, and then do this, kill these guys, and now the scoundrel joins your party. And when you do the next thing, where you have the scoundrel with somebody else, now you've got their whole kit. They're like seven cards or whatever. Um, and so it sort of eases you into it in a way that is harder to do with the physical you sh- could still do it with the physical game but they just they just didn't yeah the i i that tutorial mode was long i i also got through it and it was very long it, i think i was going through it pretty quick and it took me every bit of two hours yeah and and that that's just uh i think it's just a byproduct of the game itself kind of being long-ish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because i don't i don't think that they were overtly verbose with their text reading and stuff like that that didn't take no take long it wasn't like no. screens and screens of text it was pretty you know one the guy would come up say one thing and then there was like three or four sentences and then you would do the thing and then you you play and then 
maybe he says three or four more sentences later and then you play. But there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, that. So it was just, it was a lot of playing. It's just kind of a lot. Um, it's just the nature of the game where yeah. you, you know, you have to make these decisions. So you have to read the text. You have to do some strategizing. You have to count hexes. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's yeah. Gloomhaven. So we'll see. It's Gloomhaven, right? It's, yeah, yeah. That's Gloomhaven. So we'll see uh, if and when we actually do multiplayer. I'll report back on whether I enjoyed that experience. Yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little mixed on it simply because Yeah. Um, same. how what it what it will look at or um, what's what's the word for at trepid or, or I can't remember it's called uh, cautious about it, I guess I'm saying. Cautious. Uh do you mean playing an, playing multiplayer? Mean, oh, yeah, uh trepidation yeah um, because i i just like playing it in um i just played with two characters in the in the the tutorial right mm -hmm, and and mm -hmm. i already have things like um you know i'm 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 playing let's say a mind thief or whatever or or a crag it's a crag heart it's the tank ish character right and like oh i can i want to run up and i can do one point of damage to everything around me but that's not a whole lot because i can only hit two of them but then if I go back over to my other character, the Mind Thief, I know he's going to do four points of damage. I can do four points of damage to that, to that guy, and it'll kill him off for sure, right? But if I don't know that in multiplayer, that, that the other guy's going to come up and be able to kill that guy, then I'm just going to run in and do one point of damage and put myself in a terrible position to get, to get right. murdered, right? And if that right. guy decides to not run up and kill the guy that I'm, I'm focusing on or the, the people to help me out then I'm super screwed again. So it, it, it almost has yeah. that potential for, as you always said, the divinity Two original sin thing where it, you, it's great if you're all working for the same idea and goal and making the same exact move choices strategy, I guess, but I'm nervous to see like, not nervous. That's a t terrible word to say. It's, it's just that, you know, it, it's not, it's not as fun when you run up and you, and you're like, I'm going to run up and I'm going to tank something. And then the ranger decides that he's actually going to run down and, and loot a treasure when you've just ran in and aggroed everything and waiting. Right. Right. You're like, yeah. The, yeah. The, the thing, the thing that makes me most uh, unsure about this game um, is not necessarily the the surface level of those things i see it and i described it in our in our group chat earlier as kind of like D, &D combat where people don't metagame or what they call metagaming which is like any kind of discussion of mechanics yeah um or you know hit points it's like i don't i don't know if you did if you do this but the first time i played D, &D pathfinder um the GM never told us hit points, right? Which yeah. makes sense. Like yeah. you want it to, you want it to seem real, mm -hmm, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. You don't want to tell him like, oh, he's only got three hit points left. Yeah. Um, I I never generally as a rule I don't say hit points. Sure. Yes. And we didn't do that much combat in Star Trek, but I would probably be kind of the same. Yeah. Um, although the system doesn't even use hit points, so it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, stress. But you just say things um, like, you know, they're really hurt or, oh, he's almost down just right, a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that seems like a little bit of like, like, you never know when we did uh, Fox's thing, I was playing a druid and I'm like, boy, I don't, I don't know. I think 
I think I would hate this aberration so much that I would keep fighting it even if my allies were running away. I would have to I would have to make that decision. Yeah. And so you're you know, you're acting in character instead of thing which you don't get as much of in Gloomhaven because it's not you're not role playing per se. Yeah. Yeah. Um there is a story. It is the kind of dungeon crawly sort of D D without a dungeon master. But um the thing the things that I really dislike are the game mechanics that encourage you not to work together. Yeah. Right? And I think we've talked about this before. Like having a little bit of hidden information is is okay. And like at any point someone could, you know, not make an optimal move based on your what you think they should do, right? The sort sure. of alpha gamer problem. Um but Gloomhaven has two things. I don't know. The the rules on what you can say, how you can communicate are a little vague and kind of annoying. I don't generally care for games games like that that tell yeah. you how you can communicate. Though for some things like wordplay games, whatever, it's it's sure. the whole the whole mechanic. But the the biggest the biggest issue to me is the battle goals are the battle goals um which are your card you draw at the beginning of the game that says like you know last kill five enemies or finish the scenario with full health or uh loot at least five gold something like that yeah it's some random specific goal you have um and people talked about this in the moba heroes of the storm yeah like they wanted quests like out of um they have quests in the game that are like play two games as an assassin sure right right. but people wanted like oh what if there's a quest where you have to kill a hundred creep or or take down the the middle thing right yeah exactly and people are like we don't want that because it'll make people play you know badly it'll it'll affect people's decision making in the game which we don't want like yeah that's going to make people bad teammates. And that's what um, Gloomhaven does several of those. And that's and that's what Gloomhaven does. Like I think I mean it even I does it with the alleviate... story quests where like sometimes when you you have to your quest is to get 100 gold and you're like, "Well, now I'm just going to that's my whole goal in this whole thing is to just go get gold instead of actually defeating the the dungeon, sure. right? You know. Sure. Um it's my it's to my advantage that we play this again and again because I can keep getting gold. That that also feels like a D&D thing. And I know there are a million different ways to play RPGs, you know, tabletop RPGs. But sometimes you you have a character that's like, yeah, I'm here for this. And once it's not quite as, well, yeah, but, I mean, as it, common. If, if you start to and play think- role-playing games, you, you, you quickly find out that um, I think most people, at least, that play these when they're in their, their teenagers, everyone comes together and they, they start playing that way. And then after you never get invited back because you're not playing as a team, uh, you sure. you don't play D- those people don't play D and D anymore because then you, you realize that um, you know what you're a cleric you have to heal people you can't just heal yourself <laughs> you know and and you you're a I know you want to be a sneaky rogue that steals all the money but we yeah, all died yeah. you know generally and, generally the furthest it gets is like people will have runners right they'll have bits that sure. they do every time like if you listen to Adventure Zone. You know, yeah. uh, Magnus, who is the tank, he's the dwarf fighter. Yeah. He'll, he's like, oh, you know, something happens. And then he's like, 
Magnus rushes in. Like he's he's always gonna Leroy into every combat. Yeah. And his brother is playing um a mage, a wizard. And so he'll he's like he's like, oh, I'm good back here. Taco's good back here. <laughs> but he's range, he's gonna throw fireballs and stuff, so it works. Right. Uh and you know, they sort of develop their their characters over time. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably have more to say about Gloomhaven after we actually. Yeah, try it. same here. Well, we'll we'll see. That I'm interested to see. I know that our our friend, couple people in our friend group, were most forward to looking forward to the the multiplayer part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I actually thought that buying Gloomhaven the the digital version was nice to be able to play it single player um, because I could make those decisions that I liked and go and and kind of you know make my mind thief get the item he needed in the crag heart right. to get what he needed and be able to play different classes all at once. So it, it feels very good. And the, I haven't played it in a while cause I bought it when it first kind of came out in early access. Um, but they've got like story stuff now. It's like, it's like the campaign is there and working yeah, and it's, you can go through. It's still and, early access. So they're adding, they're adding stuff. They're adding content, right. but they're, know, they're doing it, good. So. It feels very, it feels very like it's progressing fast. Things like, I know when mm-hmm. we bought Satisfactory, which is a great game in itself, but, you know, it hasn't had an update in six, eight months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and some some things that are but this one is one that feels like it's they're, they're when they make updates, which they do, you know, every couple months or so. They are every three months. Let's say they make big quality updates where they add a whole other class and all new monsters. And uh, I mean, it's pretty good so far. It seems pretty good. Um, and it's on sale right now. The sale will be gone by the time this airs but this this airs yeah yeah so yeah i don't know it's it's uh pretty good speaking of early access games i played um the most i've ever played of torchlight 3 last weekend mm, it's I think in i saw you on discord yeah it's it's in early access as well um it it had a whole like shake up of what it was and throughout its development process is kind of one oh, of those I heard about that yeah. like it was maybe going to be an MMO kind of thing. Yeah, it was it was kind of going to be an MMO type thing. Um and then they completely shifted and changed it in their development cycle. So uh being in I mean th- this kind of stuff I think happens in games, you know, where you go through and they test it Blizzard would just like cancel the game altogether. That's kind of what they do. Like it's not our thing, it doesn't work out. Okay, cancel it, right? Well, um, they they keep it internal, so they do exactly like, right. You don't really I've heard know that it. about like like StarCraft Ghost. Like it changed, yeah. you know, several times, and then they just ultimately realized they couldn't do. Yeah, they couldn't make it work. Yeah, and and that's and that's how. Ways. By the way, I did see actual gameplay of StarCraft Ghost for the first thing. Or StarCraft mm. Ghost. Uh, anyway, the um, and it did look awful. So the um, no, but like yeah, c- companies like Blizzard or probably most a lot of other companies will have the same kind of thing happen. But when you're in an early access type situation, uh, people see it happen, right? Yeah. And now with with Torchlight Three, which was once called Torchlight Frontiers, it was entering uh, early access right before this change happened. Um, it didn't go in there yet, and then they're like, "Okay, it's changing, but we're still going to go ahead with our plans of early access." But now it's a completely restructured game that every update's not going to be the same. Um, so it's really truly an early access game Hmm. um but they one thing that's kept me from playing it is because they structurally change so much and add in major systems all the time um they uh uh they wipe regularly 
Like in the, mm. every three to six months, they wipe characters. You start all over again. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. It, it is a bummer. But they're like, this is what early access is about, guys. It's not beta. It's, right. it's alpha. Um, and yeah. we, we have to do that. And we, we change from an entire database structure, right? You know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. It, it, I mean, it truly is. Like when I first started, it's like playing WoW without any spells or skill trees. And then, then, then one day they add a skill tree in, you know, just, just one. You know, and you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm a programmer, so I get that. Like, sometimes you do a thing and you make enough changes and you're like, okay, we, we need a, we need a fresh database. Like yeah. they're, the data has gotten too, uh, too out of sync. There's too much possibility for, for stuff to be wrong. We need to just start over. Yeah. And, and as, is development is, you, you know, usually you're working in some kind of a cyclic thing where. You do a thing, you test it, you prove a concept, you come out and you're like, you look at it and you say, okay, this needs to change and we need to restructure that whole thing and it doesn't compatible with the old stuff. So anyway, that's why I haven't played it a whole lot. I've, I tinkered with it a little bit, but then they'd say, well, wipe sure. coming out. They give you a fair warning, like a month later, we're going to have a, a, a wipe, you know, and they tell you all about it. You know about it beforehand. Um, so they are going to do another one, but I hadn't played it in a long while and I decided to give it a, a, a good, I wasn't going to play forever, but I wanted to see there were some things and that bothered me that it felt kind of empty and there wasn't enough enough that was interesting last time I played. And then I wanted to give it a go now a good eight months later or so. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it was fun. It, I played a different class and it, yes, they did things almost exactly like what I said. Like they added skill trees again, like playing wow without skill trees. And then all of a sudden they have skill trees and you're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, this is like, this is things that was part of one of the many things that are missing. And I'm like, Oh, they're just going to keep adding these things until the actual launch game. But because I'm getting early access, I can't, you can't really review or talk about a game, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not fair. Gloomhaven, we're talking about Gloomhaven, we're still talking about an early access game, right? It's still not complete. So you and I, yeah. you and I yeah. talking about I mean, it, it is nothing like what it's going to be when it launches, maybe, right? Well, I, I mean, it's based on a board game, so it can't change oh, too much. True, sure, that's but, true. But yeah, it's it's fairly it's fairly true to the yeah at least in the mechanics of the gameplay. Not like uh, the Lord of the Rings game, which is fairly different from true the physical right. card game. Yeah, we're, we're the, so the, it's the you know this game. whole early access thing is is a different kind of way experiencing video games. Um, in the last how how long do you think that's been going on? Ten years, you think? At most, at most. Um, I mean, we we had alpha tests and stuff, but this early access is a different kind of. It's like you buy into it instead of their like random selection, however they do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's also, I think a lot of companies and game companies have evolved over the last 30 years from a one shot kind of process of putting a game out, putting a gold disc out, and then you make your money. Right. And then now you start a new product development cycle to make big shot cash inflow in, you know, influx and would taper it off. Now they have this whole thing where, your company makes money on an even thing, either from subscription fees or, you know, um, DLC content, stuff like that. Your, your, your business is, if you're a video game company, you're supposed to continually make steady money, right? Right. Well, so, you have to st pay, you have to steadily pay salaries. So that sort of makes sense. Right. But, but in the past, it was always like, you, you, had, you owned a video game company, you did everything on big loans and then you made big cash money and paid it all back right. and paid everything. And then it's right. that big cycle. Hopefully you have enough to make the next game and pay off the next development cycle. Um, 
But now, yeah, that's all a steady thing. So that's why you can do something like um, Kickstarters or uh, um, this early access stuff is that they're not going to, when they launch, they're likely not going to get a really big, huge, like launch day influx of money of sales because they're getting that money all throughout the development cycle. Right. Well, uh, speaking of money, uh, income and, uh, and payoffs, Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about our movie? Oh my gosh. We're into so much deep into this this episode. We didn't talk about the, our movie yet. <laughs> Goodness, we've been in video games today. Yeah, talk, that was a nice transition, by the way. I got I got to say that was well done with <laughs> monies and the payoffs. Let's talk about some Godfather. All right. Well, as mentioned this week, um, we deviated from the poster again. Uh, the The movie on the poster is the original godfather part one um but this week because we watched godfather before we started the poster um we decided to watch the godfather part two um francis ford coppola mm-hmm. uh 1974 which, which some, some say were was the best of them i've, I've heard probably it's what, what it's people, number three so. ranked on on imdb under yeah. just by aggregate average scores like number right three under, overall of best of all time Number three overall, it's wow. right under Godfather One, which Whoa, is number what? two, and Shawshank, which is number one. What? Wow. Those okay. are not like like somebody made a list. It's just enough people gave it a ten out of ten to make it a nine point zero. Oh, how how does that work with? I, it's a topic for another day, but uh, maybe probably an off air topic. But how does that even work with like historical stuff? If if, it, if a movie comes out, it's never been done before. And it's everybody gives it ten out of ten, and then three years later, another movie comes out, and it's better than that one in all regards. A lot of stuff moves around. Um, Does it something? There's something new on this list somewhere. It's like I wonder how that wonder how that works, how that shakes out. Because like, like there's the Godfather will always have tens out okay. of tens from before. Parasite uh, from last year. Oh, that uh, year? Okay. that family that movie about the families. Poor family living with the rich family or whatever. I didn't see it. I didn't either. Um, um, that's number twenty nine. Okay. Oh well, let's I'll have to look at those things. So, uh, so, so number two and number Hamilton three. Hamilton is number thirty four, which okay. uh, I've only seen half of, but okay. I'm skeptical. All right. That. So it's some of it's fairly mercurial. Mercurial. I imagine that the top ten is pretty stable. It's uh. Shawshank, Godfather, Godfather 2, Dark Knight, 12 Angry Men, Schindler's List, uh, Return of the King, Pulp Fiction, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and Fellowship of the Ring. So Two Towers isn't in the top 10. Wow. But it's 15, so sure, <laughs> it's sure. not far. But uh, yeah, it's it's a weird sort of, it's just an aggregate, right, of the of the star ratings that um, sure. that IMDb. Well, the, the, but, the, the question mark came on, on my thing is that... Uh, I, I, uh, I, I think this goes on my hundred list, but I don't, I don't know if I put it that high. Um, sure. Uh, I thought it was okay. <laughs> I, 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 about that. I kind of, I kind of anticipated a reaction like that. So yeah. I'm going to hit the bell cause okay. there are a fair bit of, um, big reveals in this. It's an old movie, but it's yeah. old enough that a lot of people probably haven't seen it. So sure. now, now I had not, 
seen this movie. That, that's a big right. thing to say up front. Is I, I had not seen it. I had not seen the original Godfather when we watched it a couple years ago. Right. Um, I. Uh, this is this is a weird movie because it's two movies, like it feels like two completely separate movies. It kind of yeah, it kind of is. It's got a little bit of that, um, you know, as I mentioned, two towers kind of thing where there's there's a there's just a lot going on. Like it's it's long. It's almost three and a half hours long, mm-hmm. but most of it is just um, like as as they say, scenes being allowed to breathe. Right. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's very much um, like filler content. There's not weird montages where you're you're confused what's going on. There's yeah. there's always stuff going on. And, and sometimes it's very subtle and, and other times not quite as subtle. It's a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more obvious. Yeah, the, um, and, and if and if this would have been, was split into two movies, a prequel and the actual sequel, then they'd only be an hour and a half long, right? Um, somebody, I don't know if it was HBO or um, somebody did this story as a chronological like mini series. Okay, yeah, sure. Right, all all right in order. And I'm, I don't know, I don't know. I haven't seen it, um, but I have a feeling that this story of you know the the sort of rise and fall of and even rise and fall doesn't even seem like the right way to describe that but this this journey of michael corleone in in this part in this movie i i think would be just really depressing to watch on its own yeah i i mean that that's why i kind of give it this okay feeling and and you know i i would be fine entertaining a uh um film appreciation uh let's say talk or go to a, a, a speech about this movies and, and what makes them so incredibly great because um, it was good. Um, but I, I maybe I'm just, I feel maybe I'm missing some big tie in that's supposed to happen uh, meta wise between Vito and Michael. And all I kept kind of seeing was that like, okay, now we're, now we're talking that we're doing watching the Vito movie. And then now we're watching the mm-hmm. Michael movie and then watching the Vito movie and then watching the Michael movie. And when, when, when you get to, it felt like a TV series where um, a big thing would happen and now we're going to go commercial break. But during the commercial break, we're going to switch channels and watch a different show, which I, I would do often. Um, sure, sure. So, so, so I, it, that's the way it felt a lot. And then, so I, and which is weird because I watched, you know, Vito was barely in the last in Godfather one anyway, the, the actual Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, because he spoiler he died. Um, it's it feels like this would have been really great to know before I watched that movie. So I had a lot of background on where he came from and what he did and how he's his family. Um, maybe, maybe. And, I mean, I think it's same kind of thing. Like you can watch it chronologically, but it's like part of what makes all of those flashback scenes interesting, aside from just the. Um, I, I was continuously or continually struck by how great everything looked like all of the sets, all of the rooms and costuming and all that. Like it's, I don't know, I don't know how accurate the like fifties sets are. Some stuff looked like it 
maybe had a little bit of 70s um, aesthetic to it because this movie was made in 74 or yeah. released in 74. Right. Um, but like everything looked so true. Maybe maybe not true because, again, I don't know how accurate things are. But It like, felt good. It didn't go, feel out of place at all. You yeah. go back to the veto scenes and there's like he's walking in the streets and there are carriages and cars side by side, which is how I don't know if you've ever seen these, but there's at least one guy and probably several of them on YouTube that will take old film reel, like handheld camp, whatever, you know, old um, video. It's not the right word, but mm-hmm. um, like very old stuff from that era and like um, colorize it and, and and upscale it to 4K, like, you know, remaster, enhance it. Um, and it's kind of eerie to see. You know, you see people walk. There's like cars and wagons going down the street and people are just walking in between all kind of um, crazy stuff at the outdoor markets and uh, and all that in New York and other cities. Um, And so that was all really cool. But the story. The story um, of young Vito. To me was especially compelling because I knew I knew where he ended up. And so yeah. to see how he was getting there um, was interesting. Yeah. I mean, that that's almost like, again, it's like, a, it's very much like what prequels are founded on. Right. Right. I mean, we, we don't have a whole lot of successes in prequels anyway, but that's what our, our prequels are supposed to be good about is that, you know, you, you know where Darth Vader ends and then now you want to see how he, he got there. The prequels are supposed to be, they weren't, but they're supposed to be good because you know where he ends up and this is how he gets there. And that's what's compelling. And this does a way better job than any kind of stupid Star Wars thing did. But that's, mm-hmm. I'm just using that because that's the yeah, most yeah, well-known. Yeah, that's the most well-known. Right. Yeah. But but that's what prequels are supposed to be. And this one does it really, really well because it's acted well. All the things that you said about the sets and the and stuff and the writing, it's it's all really good. It's it's good on it's it's a good story thing. I guess I just I just didn't see it how it crossed over to Michael and what Michael was doing. I, I know I and- suspect. And since, since you're saying that I'm, I wondered, I wondered that a little bit myself and they end the movie with this flashback, right. Mm. Of his brothers. Yeah. Right. The, the siblings, Vito's children. Yeah. Um, and I think, and it's, and it's left, it's left kind of up to the viewer a little bit. But I, I think it's maybe trying to say that um, Michael was Vito's favorite, right? He was the baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, was the, he was the favorite. And um, Vito always intended him to take over. And he didn't want to, right? Like he enlisted in the, in the Marines. Right. And, you know, went to war. And when the first movie starts, like... He wants out of the family. You know, he's Michael Bluth. He doesn't want, uh, he doesn't want anything to do with it. And then he takes over because he has to, right? Like none of the other three are capable of, of taking, you know, taking charge of this empire, um, this family. And once he's in that position, the power corrupts him. Yeah. Right. Like he's he's become his father, like he never wanted to become his father and he does. And almost 
um, and almost worse in some ways. Well, true, but but I don't necess- again. I don't necessarily see how knowing Vito's Vito's story um, enhances that. I, I know that mm. knowing Vito's story, if if it paralleled that way, like if we were seeing how you know Vito was also that way, how he was a reluctant person to you know go into the life of crime or whatever it wasn't at all Vito was a poor guy immigrant that came over and was forced out because of you know the mob over there and then uh you know he he had a family or he had a wife and a kid and then an opportunity came where he could do something illegal and he was kind of just okay with it right and then he was like this is great this is kind of good money and he was totally fine with it and then he just got better and better at it and then when he got better at it he just became the leader of it until he was yeah, super because powerful, he, right? he arrived he arrived in a situation that was already corrupt right like so there was there was no reliable law because there was already a don who had paid off the cops and yeah and all that so the law was you know not something taken seriously right so so what i'm trying to say there is that th- there wasn't a parallel in those two stories that were going on i wasn't to see how Maybe how Michael became Vito the same way Vito became Vito or how there was just nothing there. It was just two separate movies that I was watching Mm -hmm. and I'm not putting either of them down because they were fine. And you're right. Right. Maybe if we just watched the Michael story, it would be boring and depressing. Probably. Um, And so it's just there to kind of it's a little bit like um, the thing I say about Marvel movies where they'll alternate between serious and funny. Right. To keep it like if it was just. If it was all of one or the other, it would either be depressing or just be a dumb, you know, uh, scary movie. Right. Movie. Right. Um, and and in this in this movie, it's it it's that taken to an extreme. It's right. like it's not just the mood is going to shift. We're going to switch the whole story that whole we're telling. Story. And, I, you know, there have been many stories that are told this way, switching back and forth. I mean, Lord of the Rings is a is a perfect example. The book. Yeah switches back and forth between different stories once the fellowship breaks up yeah well i I will say i liked i enjoyed the um the veto story more the the between the two i i just liked that progression one i i gotta admit i i knew um who's the actor that plays young Vito? what's his name um not al pacino um um now that you asked me i can't think right Come on. Uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. I knew De Niro played the Godfather, like way back before I watched The Godfather, right? I know right. he played The Godfather. Um, but when I saw Godfather 1 and he wasn't in it, I was like, wait, I thought he was The Godfather. It totally confused me what was <laughs> happening. And then mm. in this one, I knew, he, again, he knew he was The Godfather. And I knew he played young Vito. But when young v, when he was on the screen for the first time as young Vito, I did not recognize him. He was so he's, he's so he's young, so young, yeah. and he looks like nothing like himself. Um, even his some of his telltale mannerisms aren't always there that the actor has about himself, and it was just so weird. And then slowly, at one point, I realized, oh, that's actually him. Um, and he's he's about thirty. Wow, he seems so much younger, me. even. Um, uh, well, because we've mostly seen him old. Yeah, and right. And right. Al Pacino is about 33 or 4. Okay. Which seems seems about right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was maybe not the start of their careers, both of these two. I mean, obviously Al Pacino was in the first one, but this has to be like wait, the breakout. Not Pacino. 
Pacino was was he even in this? Pacino was in Scarface, which we watched. No, Pacino was Michael. Oh, Pacino, yes, duh, right, okay, yeah, right. that's yeah, sorry. that's what I mean. These two actors, um, I'm sure they worked before this, but this is their like breakout, and you see them. Um, I mean, most of the acting is in this is good, but you see some of the other like secondary characters, the um the lady playing the sister is just okay. Um Diane Keaton is good, but she's, you know, kind of written to be not likable, which yeah. is a a funny sort of thing because she's it's it's this weird it's this weird kind of story where um the characters are criminals, right? Like yeah. they're not you you I you sort of you sympathize with them and not necessarily identify with them, but they're, they're bad. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, so it's a kind of, um, it's a kind of weird thing. It was really great to watch, uh, Robert De Niro play. Like he's, he's a little bit himself sometimes. Yeah. Every so often I would see him do the De Niro face. Yeah. That I, th- that's what later on when I recognize like, Oh yeah, there it is. There's his, his kind of look. But but he was also he was also doing a little bit of young um Marlon Brando right he's doing the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's scratching his neck a little bit and he's he's talking his voice is just a little yeah. bit like this yeah. kind of thing and i'm like oh this is all so good yeah. and and even michael as he's um he's doing these things he's not he's mostly not the yelling al pacino that he becomes more known for later in his career you know like last week we watched scarface um his his performance is so much more um understated yeah and and menacing because of that you're like there's this guy he's the youngest of his siblings he's the baby and they all i mean except for Sonny, who died in the first movie, um, they're all like almost groveling in with the level of respect that they show him because of this, because of this family dynamic. And I think, I think maybe that is is supposed to be part of the um, the other stories going on. Like you see the guy um, who is going to testify against him at the trial, right? Um, And you get you know they they bring the brother in and like people say some stuff is really said and then other other things are more implied um i know the scene when the mother dies and and michael goes and sees his brother yeah uh, um fredo yeah fredo and there's no there's no dialogue you just you just have them acting this emotion and Fredo is so relieved to be acknowledged again by Michael and Michael is, you can see that he's, he's, he has some emotions, but he's keeping them in check. It's so well acted um, yeah. that it was still, you know, I found it moving still after that. So there's some of that, like just something, you know, as we say, it holds up. Like the things, the the emotions and the um, the complex relationships um, 
you know, in families are, I mean, I don't know about timeless, but at least timeless in the last hundred years, right. That this story is set. Um, and I think as far as, you know, the, like being number three on IMDb, it's, it's gotta be more of that. Like what else was being made at this time? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, we say that about Star Wars, like all of the other sci-fi around that time was, you know, was really cheesy and, and lame. And this is, this is the seventies, right? Like yeah, style was, was really, um, going in weird places with, um, you know, bell bottoms and hippies and, and all that kind of stuff. And here's this, here's this historical movie set in the fifties, um, that is just so, is just so well made mm-hmm. that, you know, you, over time you lose a little bit of that, right? Cause we don't know, right. We're not seeing it in its, in its time, in its context. We're seeing it whatever, 45 years later. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I am, I, I'm off. Obviously I suffer from the history that I, I've seen good, you know, mobster family, Italian, you know, fam- mobster family movies since then and that have been really, really good and only gotten better. And a lot of those um, contain the same actors, right, who've only gotten better at their craft as they've gone on. And De Niro just got even better, right? Like, he's great in this, but he is mm-hmm. phenomenal in Goodfellas and phenomenal in other mm-hmm. things that he's been. He's great in The Irishman. He's And he's just... Um, he, and you just see the different mobster, which he's played multiple times, but just better. Right. And you're like, and not saying that he wasn't great here. It's just that I've seen him better. Right. And I've seen Pacino better and I've seen, you know, these other characters better and, and they're not bad here. They're fantastic. And they're all, for all the reasons you said, um, it's, it's, and, and, Looking historically, I also can appreciate what you just said. Is like you know, hey, this is nothing like this, and um, it's so well done in all ways. And and I I do think that if it came out now, it would be a good movie. I don't know if it'd be historically like, oh my god, this is the best thing number three in the whole world to watch if it was released today. But it would still be a good movie, right? It would it would be right. it would be equivalent to like The Irishman that was released on Netflix, where people were like, oh, this is good, but eh. It's like so long and I don't know why. Like when the Irishman came out, it's a good mobster movie. It really is on Netflix, but it's long. And that's what that's and that's all that people can say about it is like, I don't want to watch a movie with these characters that are phenomenal, incredible actors playing incredible, complex mobster characters. That's what they would say about the Godfather now. Yeah. And we're we're definitely suffering from the, you know, I mean, even in, you know, we're talking about how how little new stuff there is during this pandemic there's still a ton of new stuff yeah right like right. we have we have several tv shows we're not even going to get to in this in this podcast episode because um there's there's new stuff coming out yeah. i think um so at some point in the last probably when i did my said that thing about about movies in context it's probably where we'll 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 come out of spoilers here and do final judgments mm. um it's it's hard it was hard not to think of this in the context of scarface um sure i you know speaking of like things in time and and actors developing their 
their craft or whatever. Scarface was 10 years later than this, and Al Pacino 100% is better in this. Yeah, I, I agree. He's, I mean, he's playing to his type instead of an Italian trying to play a Cuban, right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, it was also. I think it's built. It was better written too, though. I mean, it's just, it's just a better. For sure, story it was. That. It was weird to see there are elements of Godfather Two that are set in Cuba, and so it was weird to see this like story from the other side, um, kind of thing with with Al Pacino. But, um, yeah, I think. I think for me, absolutely no no reason to take this off. I, as I said last week, I I probably could swap in something for um for Scarface, um, but absolutely I would. You can't really watch this without seeing the first one, yeah. but I still. And I don't know about the third one. I'm not sure if I've seen it. I've definitely seen the first two, but it was years and years ago. So, you know, I remembered very little of this story as it unfolded. All I knew was that I didn't like um, Kay. Like, I knew that she did the something wife. that I didn't that I didn't like. Um, and so, uh, you know, it was still it was like a new experience for yeah, me. Yeah, and to, maybe to, that maybe yeah. that story that plot line there again it was maybe had more impact back then like that that oh yeah man the mobsters wives we never think about the mobsters wives. now we definitely do now we think of the mobsters children and their aunts and uncles and how it deals with their entire social impact and and we have all those rich characters and shit movies we watch now but back then you know k was probably a, a an important character to show his his fall from wanting to have a family and love and stuff like that and into the mob and but it was just it was just okay it was just kind of like you know she did a thing nothing more than i've seen other characters do that are wives who don't like their mobster husbands yeah yeah her i mean um you know diane keaton is great but her performance in this is just pretty pretty standard here's here's my thing on final judgments with this um it's a great movie but the Sopranos are just as good, right? Mm. If not better. Um, it granted, it's a series. It's went on longer, way longer than a, mm. a, just a movie did. But this, I don't know, this movie can sometimes feel like it's gone on for many hours, um, which it has. But the it did it, have an intermission. I, it did. It I had did an the, intermission. I did the thing where I took a break at about the halfway point and came back to it like the next day, yeah, or maybe even later in the same day. No, it was which, the next day. Which it was does make this, and with the final judgment, does make this movie, as I said in the spoilers, two different movies. It's two separate movies that I I will probably be ringed over the coals for this, but I don't see a whole lot of parallels for. And they are two decent movies, um, but I could have watched one, had an intermission, and then watched another. Uh, and we talked in the spoiler session why that, that may be why we need to have it that way. Um, mm-hmm. But it was two separate movies um, that had their own merits back and forth. So I kind of watched two hour and a half long movies. Um, but so the, the like I said, The Sopranos does all of the things that this does, but better. It does family and and you know evolution of characters and good acting I think from I only great saw actors. Saw the first and, the first episode or two of that. Yeah, the, and Goodfellas the same kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Goodfellas definitely deals with family dynamic and then devolving into stuff with great actors and, and stuff. So, um, 
I'm not putting down Godfather, Godfather 2. It's a, it's a fine movie. It's with good actors and good acting and a good story. It was just okay for me. It, it, I might put it in the top 100, um, but it, it, it didn't excite me. I definitely don't have a reason to tell people that they should go watch it today um, when I would tell them to watch other mobster movies that are just as good these days but more compelling. Um, but it, it, it also does not have things that you might think would be wrong with it. I, I don't, it does not have that it's fact it's three hours that I feel like, oh my God, when is this going to end? Um, it, it doesn't have lulls like you said in earlier on. It doesn't have things where I, you know, it's just why are they doing a chase scene? It's taking forever. Or why are there montages or things like, nope, it was all pretty intentional. It all had a thing. And even when the intermission happened, which I thought the most interesting Michael stuff happened in the first half. Um, but the, uh, um, it, it had, it, it had a reason they had, it was paced appropriately. You know, the second half did deal with things. Um, but yeah, you're right. When I look at it, you know, like say Michael's story would not be necessarily all that compelling by itself. And maybe, maybe Vito's wouldn't either, but together they're, they're an okay movie altogether or what some people would say greatest movies of all time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my, my personal opinion is that it's fine. If, if I had, uh, my girlfriend or, uh, just a random friend say, uh, hey, we want to watch a, a mobster movie this weekend, you know, and, and I want something good. What would I watch? I don't necessarily say I would throw up Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 for them to watch. Um, it would be on my top, you know, mobster movies, just not inside number one. Sure, sure. Personal opinion. Yep. Cool. All right. All right. So what do we have? What do we have coming up for next week on that? Uh, let's see. Next week, I'm going to do... Seven. That's the next on the list. Oh, Psycho Thriller. Okay, we're coming up on mm-hmm. coming up on October soon. Everybody's got their their holiday decorations out already. So we talked about. Last yeah, week. we've got a handful. I mean, we could we could um, bump up uh, one of these horror movies. We've got Psycho, uh, American Psycho, Shaun of the Dead, Halloween. Isn't isn't uh, Seven a horror movie? Seven is pretty horrific, so we could yeah. stick with that. Yeah, man. I got to find a time to watch that. So watch it late at night and then it's all mm-hmm. dark and creepy and then watch it. Can't watch it during the day because Sid's around. So yeah, yeah. Dark and it's, creepy is where it is. I guess before I go to bed, awesome. right? Ugh. Okay, fine. Yeah. Seven, seven. Hey, have you all seen right. this? Uh, yes, but it's been a while. Okay. So, so I, so you I know remember the expect. ending. There won't be any surprise there. And I remember bits and pieces of some sort of gruesome uh, scenes. It's like a serial killer investigation. Is it a is it a whodunit? Is it a whodunit type thing? I think so. I th- and I I'm pretty sure it's a serial killer investigation. There's like a a series of murders that are um they're themed after the seven deadly sins. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. Okay. Well, I, I have not seen this one, so. I'm time to bite the bullet and, and go for it. <laughs> All right, seven, cool. Wow, right, man! And then, and then next week uh, we'll have to save the boys and Raised by Wolves for mm-hmm. next week. We're watching both of those shows. Yep, I, I I will say as a quick cut into before we leave, I've watched more of Umbrella Academy, and I think it's 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 passable, passable. Like you can just pass on it. 
I mean, we, we talk about that in the same way we talk about Doom Patrol and stuff like that. But uh, of all the things we've been talking about with the boys, Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy, Umbrella Academy just does, I'm like, see episode eight of something like 10 in Umbrella Academy, and it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere, getting any better, making any more sense. So, it does seem like the least compelling of those. Yeah, it, I'm not going into review mode with it, but I'm just saying, yeah. It's, I, I, as I watch more of it, I, I get more and no, more and more annoyed and more and more like, what, what, mm-hmm. that, that's, what is, oh God, you know, just that, ugh, whatever type thing. That's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yes, right. the boys. Yep. That'll be next week. Cool. So you've been listening to the front porch. This is episode 161. Special thanks to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing, Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show. It's called Klingons and Dragons. Uh, I think we're a week late with the episodes, but I should have a new one before this airs. Uh, It's not safe for work. If you have questions, comments, feedback, uh, let Michael know all the things he's wrong about The Godfather. (laughs) Definitely, Uh, yeah. Those will come in. That's fine. (laughs) Frontporchpod at gmail.com or on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. There are contact forms. And it's super easy. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. The front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.